So if you've reached this point, you know that you're listening to Tari Mechanach Yomi, and you probably know that I'm a Dina Shmimin. But what you may not realize is how much it takes to put Tari Mechanach Yomi together. A huge thank you to Rabbi Jack Abramowitz, who started Nach Yomi all those years ago at the OU, whose summaries you read daily, and who assures that all the shiurim are available when you click. An enormous thank you to all the educators who work tirelessly preparing and recording to assure that every day's parak is clear, concise, and cogent, that the words of Nach are alive today. And a thank you to you, our dear listeners. You are creating a community of learners, of women from across the globe, growing and learning together. It also takes your support. Your dollars really do make a difference in assuring that this programming continues to impact you and so many others. Please contribute at ouwomen.org slash cm24. So thank you to each one of you for being part of Torah Imecha Nachyomi. And now for today's Perak. Welcome to Torah Imecha Nachyomi with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Pamela Rufka Simonson, and today we will be studying Divrei Hayamim Bey's Perak Lamad Hay, Chapter 35. The previous Perak left off in the 18th year of Yoshiyahu's 31 year reign, with Yoshiyahu's efforts to bring the people back to Hashem, following the finding of the Torah scroll in the Beis Hamikdash, opening to a place predicting exile and the confirmation by Hulda the prophetess that indeed terrible things were looming. Now, in Perak 35, Yoshiahu made the Pesach offering to Hashem in Yerushalayim. By Yishchatu HaPesach, they slaughtered the Pesach offering, but Arba'a Asar Lachidash Harishon, on the 14th of the first month, and this happened also in the 18th year of Yoshiahu's reign, as it says in Posuk 19, Bishmina Esrei Shana Lamalchus Yoshiahu Na'aso HaPesach Hazeh. In the 18th year of Yoshiahu's reign, this Pesach offering was performed. And this particular time in history of the offering of the Pesach was tremendously special. As it says in Posuk 18, No Pesach like it was done in Yisrael since the days of Shmuel the prophet. And all the kings of Yisrael did not make a Pesach like was made by Yoshiahu and the Kohanim and the Leviim and all Yehuda and Yisrael who was found, who was present, and all the inhabitants of Yerushalayim. This was something unique. Malbim explains, quoting a Barbanel, that they were always offering on Bamais, but at this time they did not do that, for they had destroyed all idol worship and rid the Bamais before and also Yoshiahu gathered all of Yisrael that was found in the land of Yisrael then. He gathered them all then to him. Ibn Yahya comments that the whole congregation, all of them, were holy, and Hashem was among them. Yehuda and Yisrael were together with their king in teshuva and good deeds, with all the heart and soul. Pesukim 2-17 to describe the event. Beginning with Yoshiahu stationing the Kohanim, 
on Mishmarosom, their watches. Ralbag explains that this was actually done already before this event, arranged according to their watches as prescribed since the days of Dovid and Shloma. And, Ralbag explains, that when it says Vayachaz came la'avvaydas beis Hashem, it means that Yoshiyahu encouraged their enthusiasm with respect to the temple service, to act with alacrity to always perform the temple service as is appropriate. Yoshiyahu says to the Leviim Hamavinim Lachol Yisrael Hakadoshim Lahashem, which Matsudas David says is the Kaihanim who descended from Levi, who taught Yisrael, the Kaihanim who taught Yisrael, sanctified to Hashem. Yoshiyahu tells them, Tanu es Arain Hakaidesh Babayas, Asher Bonoshlema then David Melech Yisrael. He tells them to put the holy Arain, the holy ark, in the house which Shloma, son of David, king of Yisrael, built. He tells them they won't carry it, which Matsudas David clarifies means they won't carry it anymore after this, and therefore they will be free to serve Hashem and his people in the matter of Karbanos, offerings, as Yoshiyahu says, serve Hashem your God and his people. Let's understand a little why Yoshiyahu is telling the Koyhanim to put the Arain in the temple. Rashi says, Menasha and Amain had removed the Arain and put graven images in its place. Therefore, Yoshiyahu is telling them to return the Arain to where it's supposed to be. And another perspective, which Rashi refers to briefly and Malbim extends explanation on, is that as per Yoma 52, Yoshiyahu saw that there would be exile in the future, as told by Huldah the prophetess, and Yoshiyahu commands them to hide the Arain, and Shlomah had made a hiding place in a tunnel of the Holy of Holies, where the Arain could be hidden in a time of necessity, and this is where the Arain is to be hidden, underground. Radak explains Yoshiyahu's hiding it is to prevent the Arain from being taken with into exile. In the book of Yehoshua, Parak 3, when the people are about to cross the Yardin en route to entering the land of Yisrael after years of wandering, they are directed to follow the Arain. Rashi there draws on a difference in procedure from previous journeys. All the time that Moshe was alive, the pillar of cloud would be in front of the people and show them the way, and the Ark of the Covenant would travel behind two divisions in amongst the people. Now the Arain was going to travel at the front, in front of the people, ahead of the people, and they would follow it. The Ark of the Covenant contained the Luchos, the tablets inscribed with the commandments. So the Arain represents Torah. The people would have to follow the Arain in a physical sense, metaphorically teaching them, to follow the ways of Torah in all their future endeavours, as brought by the commentary Mincha Katana. Given that the move into Eretz Yisrael, the land of Yisrael, would mean a transition from an existence reliant on miracles, which the Bnei Yisrael had experienced whilst journeying through the desert, to living in a less spiritual environment where they would have to work hard to raise the physical to its spiritual potential, the positioning of the Arain at the head of the procession was highly significant. As they would enter into a life more tangibly in the realm of nature, as explained in Likute Sichos, 
The message of the Arain, which was associated with miracles, spirituality, but was built from physical materials, would be poignant. The people would now have to work the land for food rather than receiving mon from heaven, for example. And when their existence would be more physical, the reminder is to recognize its spiritual underpinning, that Hashem is still controlling everything. His involvement, though less obvious, is still constant. Remember to cling to spirituality. With the Arain going underground in preparation for exile now, in the time of Yoshiahu, I feel like there's so much to contemplate here. But suffice to say for now that this is a pretty tragic separation, having followed the Arain towards the land and leaving it behind physically as they will be exiled. Continuing in Pesukim 4-17, according to Metzeres David, Yoshiahu gives directions for the positioning of the Koihanim, the Levim and the people of Yisrael for the Pesach offering and tells the Koihanim to purify themselves and to encourage their brothers to purify themselves to perform the Pesach offerings according to the word of Hashem. Yoshiahu separates off, I'm using Metzeres Tzioin's translation for Vayorem in Pesach 7, he separates off Tzoin, and lambs and young goats, all for the Pesach offering, for all the people who are there, numbering 30,000. And he also separates off 3,000 cattle, which Matsudas David says was for the peace offerings, the Shalmei Chagigo. These all come from the king's property. He donates them. The king's officers donate animals for the Pesach offerings of the Koihanim, and the officers of the Levium donate animals for the Pesach offerings of the Levium, as per Malbim. The Pesukim name the donors and state the number of animals donated, and the service was established. The Koihanim stand in their positions and the Levium in their divisions according to the king's command. They slaughter the Pesach offering, Metzudas David says the Levium do the slaughtering. The Koihanim sprinkle the blood, the Levium skin the animals, as per Matsudas David, they separate off the portions of each of the Pesach offerings, the portions that are to be burned on the altar and offered up to Hashem, so the parts that are to be eaten by the owners could be distributed. And the same is done with the Shalmei Chagiga, that first the parts for burning are removed from the animal and then the cattle is given to the owner. They roast the Pesach offering in fire, as per Torah law, and cook the Kodoshim, which are the Shalmei Chagiga, and they hurry to bring the meat to the people. Then the Levium prepare the Pesach offerings for the Levium and the Kohanim because the Kohanim are busy with sacrificing the parts to be burned and the fats up until night time. And the choristers and the gatekeepers remain in their positions. The Levium perform their offerings for them too. Posuk 16. The service of Hashem was established on that day to perform the Pesach offering and bringing up the burnt offerings on the altar of Hashem according to the command of the king Yoshiahu. Posuk 17. And the children of Yisrael who were present performed the Pesach offering at this time and the festival of Matzais for seven days. We mentioned earlier the uniqueness of this Pesach offering since the times of Shmuel. This is a tremendous occasion in the 18th year of Yoshiahu's reign. The next section of the Perak, starting from Posuk 20, jumps to the end of Yoshiahu's reign. 
and the tone is very saddening. Achare cholzeis asher hechin Yoshiahu es habayas. After all this, that Yoshiahu prepared the temple, the king of Egypt, who is called Nechoi, goes up to wage war at Charkemish Alparas, Charkemish on the Euphrates. Rashi clarifies that he is going to war with the king of Assyria and that he wants to pass through the land of Yisrael to get there. Yoshiahu goes to meet Parainachai because he interprets the words in Vayikra saying and a sword shall not cross your land to apply also to an army passing through peacefully. Parainachai sends messengers to tell Yoshiahu that he is not coming to fight Yoshiahu and, as per Malbim, that he need not fear that Parai Nechai will delay in the land of Yisrael and conquer it as well, because he has been commanded to hurry, and Yoshiahu should desist, because Nechai is going to make this war by word of Hashem. Malbim continues that Yoshiahu thinks that Nechai is deceiving him, and so he doesn't turn away. He disguises himself to make war with Nechai. V'loi shoma and he did not listen to the words of Nechoi from the mouth of Hashem, which Matsudas David says means to the words of Yirmiyahu that were from Hashem. He goes to fight and he is shot by archers in Megiddo. The Midrash relates that he was pierced with so many holes. He was like a sieve. He tells his servants that he is very sick and to move him. His servants move him from the chariot into another chariot of his. They brought him to Yerushalayim. He died. He was buried in the graves of his fathers, and all Yehuda and Yerushalayim mourned over Yoshiahu. A young king, such a righteous king. And one might wonder what happened that his end is like this. But Yoshiahu, says the Midrash, is heard uttering as he is dying, Tzadik hu Hashem kifihu morisi, words found in Echo, Perak 1, Posuk 18. Hashem is righteous, for I have rebelled against his word. Yeremiahu hears him saying this. Yoshiahu, so committed, so righteous. Posuk 25. Vayakainain Yirmiyahu al Yoshiyahu. Vayomruchol hashorim vahashorois. Bekinoisehem al Yoshiyahu ad hayom. Vayitnum lechik al Yisrael. Vihinam kasuvim al hakinois. Yirmiyahu lamented over Yoshiyahu. And all the male and female singers said about Yoshiyahu in their lamentations until today. And it became an established custom on Yisrael. It is written in the Lamentations. Malbim explains that the Lamentation, the Kino, that Yirmiyahu says about Yoshiahu, 
was said by the singers then, and until today this kina remains among the kinas in Megillus Echo, its chapter 4 in Echo. That this kina of Echo Yuam Zohov, how dim the gold has become, was said about this, and Yisrael laments it with the rest of the lamentations that are about the temple's destruction. This Perek of Divrei Hayom in Beis ends saying that the rest of the matters of Yoshiyahu Vachosodov and his kindnesses are written in the Torah of Hashem and his earlier and later matters are written in the book of the kings of Yisrael and Yehuda. There's so much separation and so much loss represented in this Perek. The departing of Yoshiyahu to be lamented for generations to follow the lessons of Yoshiyahu to be remembered fondly for generations to follow. He instructed for the Arain to be hidden. Radak says that hidden together with the Arain were the staff of Aharain, the flask of Mon, food sent from heaven in the desert, and the anointing oil. Items spanning back to the beginning of the formation of the Jews as a nation, and with the hidden Arain to be retrieved in the days of Moshiach, it seems to be that this moment in history, the 18th year of Yoshiahu's reign, brings together numerous touch points in the journey of the Jewish people. Moments of revelation, moments of hiddenness, moments of miracles, moments of distance, all bound together in the contents of the Arain, the Torah. Hashem's loving communication to his people, Hashem's gift to his beloved nation, Hashem's promise of Ga'ullah, and of course, so much more, all found in the content of the Arain. Thank you for studying together, Lilui Nishmas, Rose Foreman, Rosal Rachel Basaria Leib, and Rachel Rachel Bas Schleimer.